Hello, welcome to 70 Plus, where we get to know people who are over 70 with interesting life stories. Today we have Sandy, and Sandy is actually a good friend of my grandmother's. Welcome. Thank you so much for talking to me today. You're welcome. Okay, do you want to, we're going to get right into it. So do you mind telling us how old you are? I'm 82. Okay, where did you grow up? I grew up, um, I moved out here from Pennsylvania when I was five years old to Los okay. Angeles. Do you remember much about Pennsylvania or no? Pardon? Do you remember much about Pennsylvania or no? Because you were five. Not really. Okay, so you moved to where again? California. California. Tell me about that. Well, uh, when I moved out, I was five years old. I started kindergarten out here and then I went all through high school and part of college. Okay, so tell me about your parents a little bit. Uh, my father was a jack of all trades. He, um, he was a butcher during the war at Farmer's Market. Um, he did painting, he did uh, everybody's uh, wallpapering. He just did everything. And he was good at everything. My mother had a job. She worked also. Does your, did your father tell you much about the war? No, he wasn't in it. He was working as a butcher in Farmer's Market. He dealt with all the celebrities when they had coupons. They had to, uh, they had to present coupons for, to get the meat or butter or anything else. And his boss told him, when you have a good customer, forget about what they need as far as coupons. Just take whatever they want to give you or just take a couple of them. Interesting. So what was his, was that his main job for? Yeah. Okay. So what about your mother? My mother worked um, most of her life. And uh, then she was a stay-at-home mom. How was your relationship with her? How's my what? Relationship with her. It was fine. I mean, it wasn't great. She was, she was a tough, she was a strong woman. <laughs> Do you want to elaborate a little bit? Pardon? Do you care if you elaborate a little bit? Well, she, it, it, in other words, if we weren't home at a certain time for dinner, uh, we didn't get dinner. In other words, it was a rule. You had to be home at six o'clock and she had dinner made. And when we'd forget ourselves at the drugstore and looking at magazines and we were late, that was it. We didn't have dinner. Did you just know this rule? Did you try and argue it at all? When you over spent your time? Did I what? Did you ever try and argue this rule or did you just know that? No, no, we, uh, we, it was our fault. I mean, we knew the rules and we just didn't, we lost track of time. So did you have siblings? I had a brother, three years older. He was a, uh, he was a, a bad seed. He was, he he got into trouble. He was in jail many times. His uh, we gave his son his bar mitzvah because my brother was locked up. He would write bad checks. He would steal 
checkbooks from people's wallets. He was just, he was just a real no good Nick. And he was a womanizer. He would go on a, on a cruise with his wife and in the cabin next door, he would have his mistress. So, I mean, we're talking about, you know, he really wasn't a very nice person. How was he growing up? The same way. I mean, he always, uh, he would tell us that he was on a, a show on television. He would, um, he said he won a Cadillac. And at the time that was supposed to air, it was the time of um, O.J. Simpson was on that chase in the, on the road. Mm-hmm. And would, he went to a dealer in Hollywood. I mean, his IQ was genius. And he went to a, a Cadillac dealer on uh, Hollywood Boulevard. And he said um, um, he won this Cadillac on such and such a show. And he doesn't want such a big one. He wants to downsize it, but he doesn't care about the money. Just if they give him one in return for what he wants, he'll be happy. So like a fool, they gave him a Cadillac before they ever got his, and he never did win it. How did that end up? Hmm? How did that end up? Did they? They sued him, and, you know, my brother took the attitude that if if you put me in jail, you'll get nothing. If you leave me alone, um, there's a chance you'll get money. Interesting. How did that work out for him? It worked out that he, he, he ended up, he, uh, he borrowed money from, um, my partner, $10,000 and said it would put, give it back to her in a week. And after three weeks, he said he didn't have the money. And I called my father and I said, Dad, I said, I'm going to put him in jail unless you get that money. So he ended up getting the money. Uh, there were times when I had my small children and uh, my uncle had, my uncle's a doctor and he had a patient that um, they would actually, it, it was a, double group, one in Florida, one in Los Angeles, and they would steal uh, suits and send them from Los Angeles to Miami and then sell them. And then the ones from Miami will steal suits there and and send them to LA. So my, my uncle, the doctor says, is there anything you want? I says, my husband wants a double breasted, a 42 long a, a sport jacket. So he called me one day my uncle he says it's in can you pick it up so i said yes and my brother was over there and he says don't bother uh my father was going to watch the kids he says i'll go down and pick it up he went down and by seven o'clock at night which was far too long that should have been gone i called him at home and i said bruce where is the suit uh the jacket and he says i tried it on and i liked it so well i'm keeping it myself so that was the last time I spoke to my brother. Wow. How long ago is that? A good 40 years ago. Do you know where he is now? He's in a grave where he deserves to be. Okay. So you didn't have a great relationship with him. Did you have an okay relationship with him growing up? Not really. I mean, he was always doing the wrong thing. How did my your parents handle him? Pardon? How did your parents handle him? 
Well, the thing is, my father always sided with my brother. My mother never, never sided with my brother. Uh, they went to Hawaii, my mother and father, they had bought my brother a car, and they bought themselves a car, brand new, and my mother said to my brother, do not touch my car, you have your own. Um, my How brother- How old was he at this point? Pardon? How old was he at this point? About 19, 20. Okay. And he took my parents' car, got into an accident, went and had it fixed and when they came home from hawaii my mother drove the car and she said to my father there's something wrong with the car and he says you're crazy you you don't know what you're talking about um she says i i i'm telling you it's not the same car so he says my, and my brother told my father that he was in the accident but that was always the conflict between my mother and father Did you know about this at the time? Did you know he got into the crash? No. Okay. So usually your father sided with him and your mom was out of the loop? Yeah, I mean, she, 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 she just, she couldn't, and my brother married three or four or five times. He always married airline stewardesses so he could fly all over everywhere. He, uh, he just, he, he, my father got a call from, uh, from Canada, uh, from a bank saying that um, he, he wrote a bad check and they had him in, in custody. And my father guaranteed the amount of money and the, the bank man said, to be very honest with you, he says there were a dozen police officers outside the door that if I let him go, they're gonna arrest him immediately. I mean, he just, he was just, the only way I could describe it is he was a bad seed. He had, he, he was, he was, he had no conscience. He was narcissistic. He was, uh, he, he just, everything was for him. Every, he would get a job, let's say for General Motors and start at the bottom. The very second day he worked for them, he went to the president's office to tell him everything he was doing wrong. I mean, does this give you a picture of my brother? Yes. Okay. So how did your relationship with your parents evolve over time? Uh, my relationship with my parents was always good. My mother, as I said, was very strict. But she used to go to Catalina every weekend with her girlfriends uh, to play cards and they always took the kids with them. And when I would come home from school on Friday, she would say, um, did you do your homework? And I, I, I said, no, I didn't do it yet. She says, well, she says, I'll see you on Sunday. Uh, you didn't do your homework, just staying home. So I mean, she was, she was strict, strict, strict but I loved her and she was a good person and she was um she was she was a lady she was the first one that in the that graduated college and this goes back now um we're talking maybe a hundred and some years you know she was she went to college and uh, that's about it with my 
with my parents when they got older and I was in a position to help them. We, we took my parents everywhere on every trip and we went with them and helped them. And um, the woman, I think I told you, I was, I was married to and we were together 40 years. Uh, she was extremely wealthy and very generous and took care of my parents and took care of me and took, I mean, she just, she was a giver and a, a great person and your grandma knew her and she was just loved by all. So when did you meet her? I met her in 1977. Okay. So relationships before that any when was when was your first relationship ever <laughs> well i married my husband when i was two days before i was 20 years old and i had uh two kids and he was more or less the only way i ever described him was he was underwhelming he 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 didn't there was no drive in his family and um I had an opportunity, I was playing tennis at the time, and I decided that I was gonna go in business and make something to pick up tennis balls instead of taking bags and And I, I um, put in for a patent, I had it, uh, uh, I was dropping the kids off in the morning and I was going to all over LA and San Bernardino and Palm Springs and everything and be back in time to, to uh, pick up the kids. And um, you know, I said to my husband, please quit your job and let's, you know, let's just do this. And he, he, there was no desire to. So it was like I was cooking, cleaning, taking care of two children, running a business. And it, it just, uh, I said, there's got to be more th than this in life. And uh, the business was very successful. And um, I, I, um, I turned out I was, I was sued by someone from Deerfield, Illinois, that had uh, a machine like mine. Mine was the tennis uh, caddy. And his was, uh, he, had, he had licensed his, so I piggybacked the license with him. So you ended up working together? Well, not together. He was still back east, but everything I sold, I gave him $2 for each unit. Got it. Okay. So let's backtrack a little bit. Um, so how was school for you? School was fine. I went to um, Fairfax High School, which was a nice Jewish school. And um, I had a lot of friends and I was never for want of, of anything as far as material things. My parents were not wealthy, but there was always food on the table and a roof over our head and, and allowances that you got once a week. Okay. So any relationships in, throughout your high school, middle school, elementary school? No, no. <laughs> No, I was a virgin when I got married. Okay. So you were with a woman for how many years? I was what, married for how yeah. many years? Yeah. 15, 15 and a half years. 
Okay, but you eventually realized you were gay, I assume. <laughs> well, after 15 and a half years, I, I, uh, I, I met Jane and she was in a very unhappy relationship. Um, her husband, she had a, uh, a uh, educably handicapped son. That's what they called it in those days. And the husband was, she had three children. And the husband was the type of man that was, there's nothing wrong with my son. There's, you know, she kept saying, let's put him to a special school or let's this. And he wouldn't do it. And uh, the kids would take a bath and put their towels on the floor. And Jane would say, pick them up and put them in the hammer. And hamper. And the husband would say, you don't have to listen to your mother. I mean, that, that type of a thing. Right. Uh, it was it was really bad. I was over there. Um, we went over one night before he knew anything was going on, and I suggested that they go to a family counselor and discuss this. And Jane's biggest problem was her daughter, who treated her like the child and she was the mother. In other words, on Saturday night, daddy can go out, but you have to stay home. You can't go. So um, she said to her husband, she says, let's buy her a condo or let's buy her a little house and let's move her in. I just can't live in the house with her. It's not going to work. And with those words, he said to her, um, I will see you leave before I see my daughter leave. And that's when the breakup came. Were you still with your husband at this point? No, I wasn't. Okay. We were divorced. Okay. So how did your relationship progress from there? You want the, all the sort of details? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we, Annie, we just fell in love with one another. I mean, it was just, we were together over 40 years, you know, four, seven, seven days a week. And uh, it was just, it was just the greatest part of my life. That's really cute. <laughs> so when do you think you realized that you were gay? Uh, when I met Jane, I never had any, I, I, I always admired women. I've always been around strong women and all the men in my life have been weak and I don't know if that had anything to do with it or not but um, it, it just I just absolutely fell head over heels for Jane so you, tell me more about her about Jane yeah she was the most vivacious uh, energetic person I've ever met. She, it, it, there was nothing she wouldn't do. She wouldn't try, she wouldn't go. Um, she was very high maintenance, but she could afford it. I mean, she was very um, uh, vain, as was her mother, who I knew the mother and the father until they passed. But, um, her mother was killed by a drunk driver on her youngest son's the night before he was bar mitzvahed. So, and they lived in New Jersey. So 
a rabbi said you have to go through with the barnsa and they did and then they got on a plane and flew back to new jersey to bury her mother uh but um she just she was good to my kids she drove a cadillac for example and i drove a toyota and my youngest daughter wanted to take lessons on her cadillac to get her driver's test and um and Jane would took her when it was time for her to go for her test. She says, Mom, would you mind if I took the test in Jane's car instead of yours? <laughs> I, I said, no, not at all. And she passed it. But um, my other daughter, who was, um, uh, she was 16 at the time. And I said, do you have any questions? Do you have any, you want to? talk to me about anything or say anything to me or ask me anything she says mom the only thing i i have to ask is uh is what do i tell people when they call the house i says just give them my new number and um and that was it and um i mean my kids my youngest when lisa at the time was like 13 or 14 and went to jane's house in the valley and it, now, being 13 years old, you don't know exactly what to say, but she said out loud, she says, you're leaving all of this for my mother. <laughs> <laughs> so it kind of, <laughs> we kind of laughed about that for a long time. But um, it was a wonderful relationship. And it was, it was something that I swear, if, if I were to, to pass tomorrow, I would have lived every single thing I've ever wanted to do in my life. I mean, it, there's just nothing that wasn't, uh, nothing we didn't do and, and the fun we had, and it was just, it was terrific. How long were you together? 40 years and three days. That's amazing. And so we, were with, we, were with, we were with your mother and Judy playing canasta and she went to the restroom and she said, I, Sandy, she says, I don't go take home. Uh, we left Judy's house and I took her immediately to the hospital and 11 days later, she was gone. How did you handle that? Not well, because her daughter, her daughter and son-in-law were homophobic. And we had once wanted the kids to come down to Palm Springs to spend a weekend with us. And um, Amy said, that'll never happen unless one of us is there. So it upset me and I called Jane's older son. And I said, Andrew, I said, how would you feel about the kids coming to spend um, the weekend with us? He says, Sandy, he says, you can take them till they're 20. <laughs> so I says, you have no problem with that? I said, no. I says, your sister won't allow them to come out here without adult supervision. He says, can I help it if I have a stupid sister? And I called, I called my son-in-law at the time uh, who had, um, I had my first granddaughter. And I said, Jeff, can, can I have Nicole anytime I want her when she's out of school to come here in Palm Springs? He says, mom, take her till she's 16. <laughs> so, I mean, there was no problem with the family. 
uh, on my side. And my daughter, Gail, who, uh, who your mother has met and known, she, at age 45, she's married and she had the one daughter and she decided she wanted to become an attorney. So with the approval of my granddaughter and son-in-law, they, she uh, went back to school and she became an attorney and was in charge up until uh, two weeks ago of seven hospitals in the Valley. And um, my son-in-law was, was uh, he went to, um, I think it was Wisconsin University and uh, he was graduate before he graduated uh, arco came and got him and he worked for arco for like 25 years right as soon as he got out of college and um that that's about it i am now a great grandmother of a, a two-year-old boy and i am now uh, going to be another great grandmother of my grandson uh, on october 2nd they're having a little girl that's so exciting. And they all, uh, everybody knows our relationship. Uh, the family has, it just doesn't have a problem with them. Uh, Jane's oldest son, who I, I care for very much and who's very close to me, we used to, uh, Jane was called mother and I was called other. <laughs> and, when, and when Jane died, um, Andrew called me up and he says, you're no longer other, you're now mother. Oh, that's so, sweet. It was sweet. And his two boys call me all the time to find out how I'm doing and everything. That's lovely. So Jane, her daughter had a problem with you two being together. Did you ever that's face any homophobia? Uh, she always had a problem with it. She, she had a problem even when, when her father started dating other women. There was no one that she liked. She was, she was the type of girl, like Jane would say, she'd go out to play ball and take the ball, and she says, you'll either play my way or I go home with the ball. I mean, it, it, it was always one-sided. So do you think it had more to do with you being with her mother? Do you think it had to do more with you being a woman? No, I think it started from a very early age. Mm -hmm. Jane would say she was shopping with her daughter and they would go out and have lunch and she would buy clothes for her and anything she wants and they would come home and then the father would come home and say, did you have a good time with your mother? She says, no. She, she, she wouldn't buy me a monkey. I mean, you know, denied everything that took place that day that was positive. Right. So did you face any backlash when you came out and you were with Jane? No. That's good. But I, I immediately, you know, I went to my, my closest friends um, and like I said to my, my, my two daughters went to elementary school with her two daughters. So she's my oldest friend and also my accountant and her husband was my realtor. And I said, Diane, I, I want to tell you something. I said, I, I want you to know that I'm gay. 
And she looked at me, she says, do you think we would love you any less? I mean, it, it, it was just all, all positive from, from everyone. Good. So you have how many children? I have two daughters. Okay, tell me about them. How are they growing up? Well, my, my one daughter and her husband live in Las Vegas. Um, she worked for a, a company uh, like a, um, um, how can I put it? Um, uh, office supplies, almost like a boiler room operation. Uh, she worked for him for 29 years and he got sick about three years ago and he was out of work for six months and Lisa handled the whole thing and when they came out, he gave her 20% of the company and she just retired um, a couple of months ago and her husband works for uh, uh, UPS and he's retiring next April um, with full pension. Um, my oldest daughter, as I said, is an attorney and is, works in risk management at the hospitals and um, very well liked, very, very well known too. And her husband, when he was, um, when Arco um, uh, down, uh, uh, you know, when they, when they started to close some of the things, um, he was fired and was given six months uh, severance pay and, and places to get, you know, jobs. but he was all overqualified. So he, he, he was happy with that. He does the shopping and, you know, my daughter is now living with uh, a man for two years and they were supposed to get married over this Labor Day, but because of the coronavirus, they weren't. And um, she said at the wedding, uh, she wants me to bring a picture of, of Jane. Uh, she wants to have a table of everyone that should have been there that has passed away. And I mean, there is really, there's so much love with my, between my two daughters and Jane, it's unbelievable. That, that she was, you know, she was just so good to them. She was good to everybody. That's so sweet. The table is a good idea too. That's what? The table thing for the wedding is a good idea too. That's yeah. So how are your girls growing up? What were they They're like? growing up fine. My, my one daughter just turned uh, 60 and my other daughter is 58. And um, they built a cabin in Utah and uh, they just refurbished it for when they retire. And my grandson and his wife, we went to the wedding. His parents happened to live in uh, New Hampshire. So he went to um, medical school in, um, in Kansas City. And he met his wife in medical school and they got married. And they, when they graduated, he said she had more ribbons around her. We were at the graduation. She had every colored ribbon, like 20 ribbons around her neck. And uh, Brandon said, that's my grandson. He said, we never talk about grades. All we do is either put a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And, that, <laughs> that made, and they have a little boy who, as I said, just turned two. And he's just, 
He's got dimples. He's got a cleft chin. He's got blue eyes. He's just gorgeous. He turned two October 6th. Oh, so cute. Do you get to see them often? Do they live close to you? Uh, he turned two August 6th, August, uh, excuse me. What? Um, do you get to see them often? No, they're in New Hampshire. Uh, they came out to Las Vegas um, about a year ago, and I went up there and um, spent about a week with him. Um, my granddaughter, who was supposed to get married this year, is getting married next year at the same time, and they're planning on coming in for the wedding with, with the two kids. And uh, my daughter, Lisa, is flying out. She's due October 2nd. She's flying out the end of September to help take care of Braden, the, the two-year-old boy. And uh, she's going to be there about a month. And as I say, we, we just, uh, we, have a, we have a great relationship with the family, with the exception of, of Amy and her husband, John, who's an attorney, and they just recently moved to Reno, so it's let them live and be well, but far away from me. What were your children like when they were younger? My, my youngest daughter was very athletic. She was a swimmer, she was a golfer, she was a tennis player. I too played tennis. Uh, before I went into the tennis business, I, I, I played almost every day. You know, when they were in school, I played, uh, I trained for the Olympics when I was uh, uh, 16 years old. Um, I was supposed to go for the Olympic trials. And uh, I, I had to have an emergency appendectomy, so that squelched that. Um, I, my other daughter, you know, went all through college. And I went to every graduation and every, you know, every affair that they had. And um, that's, they're coming out over uh, Yom Kippur. They're going to spend the um, the whole weekend at, in Palm Springs with me, my son-in-law and daughter. And that's really about it. Lovely. So would you say that you have overall a biggest regret? Would I say overall I have what? A biggest regret. Biggest regret? Mm-hmm. No, I, I sometimes say to my kids that, you know, when they were younger, I know I, I did things wrong. In other words, I made an incorrect decision, but I, I've told them even to this day, at the time I made a decision, I felt it was the right one. Um, so... I really don't have any regrets. I, I you know, I, I did a couple things that were stupid as, as I guess young people would do. I was playing tennis with a, uh, a neighbor of mine and she was being kept by a, a married man. And I um, was at the tennis court one day and I saw him playing with another player and I, I inadvertently, I mean, I don't know how stupid I could get, came home and I said to my neighbor, I says, you know, he's 
at the tennis courts with another woman. And she, I mean, that I can never take back, nor can I ever forgive myself for saying it. And it wasn't doing it to, right. to hurt her. It, it, it just, you know, things like that just come out. And I'll, that's the one thing I will get for the rest of my life. I mean, she might have wanted to know, though, don't you think? I don't know. I didn't give her the opportunity. I and mean, what was I going to say? Do you want to know if he's seeing anybody or right. uh, I, I, I just, I didn't handle it well. And I, I, that's the one thing I will regret all my life. Okay. And the thing that has kept me going for the last two years since Jane died is your mother and Judy Handelman and a couple of other friends. We just, uh, uh, we see each other twice a week. We get along. We we laugh ourselves silly. We we have such a good time. And uh, you know, if all of a sudden we went, uh, we've been going to Mexico. I have a thing there where your mom went a couple times or three times, and it's like all of a sudden that that start playing a song. Uh, I can't live if living is without you. You know, an orchestra. I start crying. <laughs> <laughs> and, and Judy and your mom just, you know, held me and it, you know, it comes up every once in a while. And your mother says it does with her. Her grandma says it comes up with her too. Right. And but it's only Judy and my grandma have been through the same thing. So that's probably nice to have that little community. Yeah, I, it, it's just great. I mean, it's, it's like Judy hurt her back and we were all there for her. Whatever you need, whatever you want. The same with your mother, you know. It's uh, it's like it, it goes without question. It, it, you know, when, when you're friends and when you love somebody, you don't think of it being a chore. You don't think of it being um, out of the way. You just do it because these are the people that mean everything to you. So how did you meet that little group? What? How did you meet that group of friends? How did she make the what? How did you meet that group of friends? How did I meet them? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, when, uh, when, when Jane was alive, we played uh, Pan with your mother um, in a regular weekly game. And, uh, and also someone named Linda Berg who played in the game too that we were friendly with. Her husband now has Alzheimer's. He's in 90 years old and he's not doing as well as he probably should or could be doing, but that's just, that's life. And uh, when your father passed away, Linda said, Lindbergh said, I, I wanna go over and uh, to Linda's house and pay my respects. And I, Jane and I said, we would like to do the same. So we went over when your uh, grandfather died and we spent the day at the house, I met your your father, who I've seen a couple of times, he's been down here and uh, played canasta with him. And, you know, just, just more, we, we just became friendly to the point where if I need something or they need something, I'll call up and we'll say, we're going to the store, do you need anything? Yes, I need this, I'll go and get it and bring it over. Um, if uh, Lindo call me and say, I'm going to Costco, do you need anything? You know, I mean, it's just a very, very natural, very 
uncomfortable situation. So is that how the majority of your time is spent now, playing cards with your friends? Well, there's very, very little else to do. I have a, <laughs> uh, a 95 year old aunt who's not doing well. And, you know, I, I try and talk to her every day. She's starting to lose her memory, can't think of names, can't think of places. And, um, you know, I spend time with her. My, my best friend from, from junior high has stage four cancer and uh, she's in, in like Pasadena. So when I, I try and go in to see one, you know, I see because she just stays at home. And, um, you know, other than that, it's just my whole, my whole life right now is around your grandma and Judy and the other Linda and Irene. That's lovely. Yeah. It, Thank it, you so much for talking to me. What? Thank you so much for talking with me. Oh, there's no problem. I'm sorry for the, for the confusion the other day and today. <laughs> no worries. Zoom is hard to figure out. <laughs> Well, thank you very much. You're more than welcome.